0: After a nearly year-long standoff with the Veterans Affairs Department, the American Federation of Government Employees finally has a contract. But the seven-year deal was imposed by the Federal Service Impasses Panel, the panel mostly sided with VA management. Here with the AFGE reaction and what the union wants to do next, outside Supervisory Attorney Ibbett Roberts. Ms. Roberts, good to have you back.
1: Good to be back, Tom.
0: The union is not happy, judging from the press release they put out what is their general view of this findings by the f I guess what they're saying is it doesn't even constitute a contract. Sort it out for us.
1: Correct. Sure. So the, the National VA Council believes that the panel uh, completely gutted the contract, uh, that even with what they gave the council, it, it doesn't present much of a collective bargaining agreement. But as you stated, we do also have nine issues outstanding, but that was on the VA's part. The VA removed those items from our bargaining uh, and issued what's called a 7422 determination, which allows the secretary to remove items from collective bargaining. And they did so on nine articles. And the only way to challenge that is to go to court. So the council is in court challenging the decisions on those nine articles, but that leaves us with nine unresolved articles. Those were not submitted to the panel. So they resolved 45 articles, uh, nine are outstanding, and we agreed on 18 of them. So we don't have a complete agreement, but with what they've done so far, they've completely gutted the purpose of having a union in the first place.
0: And what are some of the elements of a, an agreement you think are most significant that have been removed or are not in there anymore after what the panel decided?
1: The union looks for fairness in the agreement, so Uh, we always propose terms that would require management to act fairly. For example, giving employees notice of something, allowing employees to be able to respond, uh, management performing due diligence like an investigation before they make a decision. So those are things the union would impose, and the panel took those things out. So there are several articles where the agency proposed that they will just follow the law, and the panel gave them that. So none of the procedures are in place. It will be very unclear how management carries out these duties because the panel took out the procedures that we would have proposed and bargained for.
0: If I'm reading between the lines, it seems like the union's position is that therefore management can pretty much act with total arbitrariness or capriciousness when dealing with union members.
1: That's correct. They can act on a whim, they can act on emotion. So what it will do is create a lot of litigation. There will be a lot of grievances over how management implements uh, what the panel imposed because there are simply no procedures in place. There are no guardrails on management. So we will have to file a number of grievances We will see a lot of litigation, maybe even outside the grievance procedure, like in EEO, where the panel imposed excluding performance-related matters from the grievance procedure. It's ill-advised because what happens when you cut off the negotiated grievance procedure, employees go somewhere else. They have to be able to grieve. They have to have somewhere to file their complaint. So if you take it out of our procedure, you're going to see it somewhere else, whether that's EEOC, whether that's the Office of Special Counsel. So I foresee there will be a lot of litigation because the panel took away those guardrails.
0: And another point the union has made is that they don't accept the legitimacy of some of the appointees to that panel, part of the Federal Labor Relations Authority. And they think that, therefore, what they have decided is not binding?
1: Correct. So, But the council's position is that we do have, we didn't sit on our rights here. We didn't just raise this issue and do nothing about it. The council did file a lawsuit for a court to make that decision. And so all the council is asking for now is that everyone wait until the court rules on this lawsuit. The court will tell us if they're validly appointed or not. And we should just wait until that happens.
0: We're speaking with Ibadan Roberts, outside supervisory attorney for the Veterans Affairs Council of the American Federation of Government Employees. And what is the status of the lawsuits on the nine articles that were not included in the f decision? Are you close to getting a ruling on those, or is it going to be months and months to go?
1: Yeah, the, that one's not close. It looks like months and months. The last time I checked on it, the government asked for more time to do uh, their response. So there it, it, it will be months and months. Again, the VA could have just bargained it with us, uh, and, and we would be done with it by now. But instead, they removed it, and it's in this long court process. That this one is not as close.
0: This one's going to drag on longer than the electoral vote recount, <laughs> which leads me to my next question, and that is, is the union simply hoping that when the Obama administration is eventually—I can't believe I just said that— when the <laughs> when the Biden administration is eventually seated that it mm-hmm. it's VA designee could simply come in and say let's toss this all out and start over with fresh bargaining is that possible legally and is that what the union is hoping for
1: oh yes that's possible the parties can always come to agreement on their own we can always go back and uh, renegotiate ourselves. We just have to both agree. Uh, the union can't insist on it. Uh, management, the agency would have to agree with us. As long as that happens, we can renegotiate. So President elect Biden, once you know he's seated, he can issue that order and we would be happy to go to the table to bargain fairly.
0: Are you aware of whether there have been contacts so far between the transition team or perhaps the president elect himself and AFGE? Because Let's face it, AFGE endorsed Joe Biden, and uh, there's a long history there.
1: Right, AFGE did endorse Joe Biden. Um, I am not privy to the conversations. I do know that uh, President-elect Biden did reach out to the federal sector unions to talk to them about some of their priorities. So I do know that that happened. um, And I would believe uh, President of AFGE Everett Kelly participated in those discussions. You know, my understanding is that there is a commitment from President-elect Biden to uh, rescind the, the harmful executive orders on day one. So there are those talks happening, and we do hope that, you know, there will be this order, this instruction to renegotiate the agreement.
0: Because there's a couple of things that could change and maybe one that could not change. One, some of the decisions of the Impasses Board cited the accountability for VA, I'm shortening the name, of that law passed in 2017, I believe it was. And so they said we can't get around those because that's the law. On the other hand, that's with respect to firing and hiring timelines and so forth, which I think affected the senior executive service more than it might have infected rank-and-file employees. But then there's the official time and the offices available with equipment inside VA facilities. Those were taken away by executive order. So it sounds like those two things is what you're hoping for to get back first.
1: Sure. I mean, so with the Accountability Act, the the interesting thing Thing there is that the panel did rule on issues concerning the Accountability Act. Unfortunately, they interpreted the law in their rulings, which is something they're not supposed to do. So, we do have some imposed proposals from the panel that are actually counter to the law. For example, the agency proposed that employees can only do oral replies because that's all that is allowed under the Accountability Act, which is simply not true. <laughs> so, we had things like that in the agreement, which should Absolutely be undone because it's an incorrect Statement of law but as far As the official time yes they use the Executive orders to do that And so it is something we would hope Would be undone The panel gave us 0.65 Hours per bargaining Unit employee which is a lot Less than even the executive orders One per bargaining unit Employee and the VA As we just talked about with the accountability Act is particularly unique Other agencies are not dealing with the Accountability Act and those shortened time frames. So the union has to deal with these shortened time frames, a lower standard of proof, and now even less time than other agencies are getting to deal with these matters.
0: Yeah, 0.65 hours per employee means there's time to walk outside, chat, have a cigarette, and you're done.
1: Not enough time to review
0: an action. All right. So lots to look forward to, I think, in the next few weeks. Ibbett and Roberts is outside supervisory attorney for the Veterans Affairs Council of the American Federation of Government Employees. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We'll post this interview and a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts
1: or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zell. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.
0: Winter season is here, and Discount Tire wants you to stay safe on the road. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at discounttire.com. Discount Tire, let's
1: get you taken care of.